This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. You've been yeah. through a tsunami, you've seen death firsthand, experienced near death. And was it you that a, a palmist had predicted yeah. that you would have a near death experience? Yeah. Yeah, tell me about that. Within moments, I was underwater. One moment, I'm fast asleep. The next moment, I'm underwater fighting for my life. And this was like the second time that I thought I was going to die. The first time was in the hut. I got trapped underneath a falling building face first. Hello, you are listening to Proverbs with Daisy Maskell. It is me, Daisy. Welcome. This is a podcast all about extraordinary people and extraordinary stories. Here we will shine the spotlight on their journeys and hopefully learn something about ourselves and the way that we live our lives from their experiences too. Join me as we get to know our guest. On December 26, 2004, Annie Nakvi was on holiday in Sri Lanka with friends. Unbeknownst to her and the rest of the world, Boxing Day of that year was a day that would be remembered forever. She was caught in the tsunami that killed a quarter of a million people and devastated the lives of millions. She is here to share her story of survival and how her experience with being so close to death has changed the course of her life. Annie, thank you so much for being with us today. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you, Daisy. How are you today? I'm not too bad. I'm not too bad at all. We're at the start of a new week, so we're pushing through with a positive mindset. Fabulous. What is life treating you like right now? What are you up to? Extremely exciting at the moment. Crazy busy, but in a very wonderful way. Lots of opportunities coming my way and lots of uh, executive coaching, mental fitness training, workshops, lunch and learn, speaking events, keynote speaking events. It's uh, it's all go right now. She's booked and busy. I love to hear it. I really do. <laughs> Before we get on to talking about your work, because I really want to highlight and spotlight your work in, in this week's episode, because it's so important and so empowering what you're doing. I wanted to go back Back to I guess where this all started. How did your day start out on December 26th, 2004? So I was fast asleep in my hut. It was Boxing Day, and um, I was nursing quite a severe hangover after Christmas. I'm lying there, all kind of sweaty, and you know, it's 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 Sri Lanka, so it's like very humid and tropical over there. So I'm lying in bed. I'm sort of like got this pounding headache. And I was sweaty and clammy and all that kind of, you know, hungover sort of state that we tend to get in post Christmas. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so that's what was going on. And my, my hut is relatively cool compared to outside at the moment as well. And what happens from here on out, Annie? When did you first realise that something was very, very wrong? Like I said, I was lying in my hut to sleep, you know, sort of mostly asleep when all of a sudden the door 
Uh, first of all, I hear this kerfuffle outside, this kind of like shouting and kind of like this noise. And I'm thinking, what's going on? Why are people arguing on Christmas, you know, around Christmas? What's going on? In that moment where I was thinking those things, my door crashed open, bringing in bright sunlight. And with it, like water had basically started flooding into the room. And in the split second, so at this point, it's knee high. And in the split second, I thought, oh, my gosh, my passport, which was right next to the door on a little piece of furniture that was about to get flooded. The whole force of the tsunami hit and the water was coming in from from the top of the door, middle of the door. And within moments, I was underwater, drowning, fighting for my life and with no clue as to what's happened. I think that's the main thing is, you know, one moment I'm fast asleep. The next moment I'm underwater fighting for my life in this. Now it's a very dark and dingy hut because all that water is black. The light has been, you know, completely gone with the um, with the tsunami. And I describe it um, as um, being like a grain of rice in a washing machine. That's how it felt, because you're tumbling around with this massive force of water and you're not able to do anything. You know, you can't breathe. You can't you can't swim. You can't do anything. You know, it's so, so fast, so powerful and incredibly terrifying, obviously. I've heard you speak about this before. You were saying prior to the disaster, you were told in a palm reading that you would have a near-death experience soon. And this was something that you recalled as you were drowning. Yeah. So eventually that hut disintegrated. Yeah. And I started to get Mm. washed inland with the tsunami and I got trapped underneath a falling building face first. And this was like the second time that I thought I was going to die. The first time was in the hut when the hut was filling up and I thought, oh my God, I'm going to die in this hut. And But luckily the, the hut sort of broke, was disintegrated and destroyed because of the tsunami. And then I was trapped under this falling building. And that's when I had that thought pop into my head, that intuition that said to me, I thought to myself, oh my God, I'm going to die in this thing, whatever it is. And then that that memory from God knows how many years ago, out of nowhere came and said, no, 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 this is your near-death experience, not that you're going to die, that the palmist told you about years ago. That's when I kind of, uh, and at this very same time of thinking that, that whatever was holding me down was moved out of the way and I became free once more and I kind of surfaced back to the top of the ocean again back to the top of the tsunami. I find it so fascinating. I've I've spoken to quite a few people that have had near-death experiences just with the, the work that I do and, and on this podcast in particular. And it's really interesting that there are a lot of people that say that they have either been told in their life prior that they were going to experience something, a a life-changing event that was going to put them face to face with death or during or around that time, they have some sort of spiritual awakening or feeling. And I find it so powerful that that was almost, it really gave you a sense of strength and I guess understanding in what must have been an absolutely catastrophic, devastating moment in your life. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, even before that, when I was in the hut, for example, you know, I've been, like a lot of people, you know, I'd suffered from some depression and stress, anxiety over the years. Yeah, this kind of general sense of malaise and sort of feeling like, is this all there is to life and just feeling disconnected. And at the time of the tsunami, what I noticed was, you know, and I and I said this, my intuition said this to me at the, uh, in the hut as well, which is don't forget this moment. You do not want to die because mm-hmm. I was fighting so hard to stay alive. But the narrative I was telling myself other than that was, oh, you know, 
like you know depression you know it just kind of like doesn't make you want to really be around yeah in that moment I I noticed that I was telling myself remember this moment because you do not want to die and remember how much you're fighting here to stay alive and that really you know because I did have obviously PTSD and depression afterwards and all that kind of thing but that memory of fighting as hard as I did in that hut to stay alive and that intuition that I had it really kept me going for many years afterwards despite you know continuing depression and PTSD etc. I was very young at the time and but I, I vividly remember the, the news coverage on it. How did it feel for you to see that death toll rising every single day and the impact that this disaster had on hundreds of thousands of people as a survivor yourself did you experience those feelings of survivor's guilt oh yeah absolutely Mm. and I would say it's probably my survivor's guilt that I turned into my purpose that kind of really kept me looking for that purpose because you know when you survive something that almost a quarter of a million people are killed in you do really question why was I saved when so many others died and I wasn't Mm. married at the time I didn't have children so I really didn't think I was worthy of being saved when so many other people had you know hadn't survived so this thought this kind of constant you know whirring in my brain of what was the purpose of me being saved? You know, I know, I believe that, you know, we're here to do something spiritually, yeah? And that uh, when when we've maybe fulfilled that, that's when we pass on. So I kind of knew that whatever it was that I was meant to do here, I had to do because I hadn't done because I hadn't died in that tsunami. And so this question, this survivor's guilt really kind of like propelled me in terms of making me feel like I needed to make my life mean something and make it count for something because so many other people hadn't survived and I had. So it really became my beacon, I would say, for, you know, even though it was, it started off as guilt, I turned it into a positive, into more of that kind of positive experience rather than it being a negative thing. I can't begin to think how you move move forward with your life when you land back in the UK what struggles what immediate struggles were you facing in the weeks the months the years to come you know when you've gone through something like that I mean you know when they say that the that the kind of hairs on the back of your neck kind of rise yeah yeah I felt like that for for months afterwards because you're every sense is so heightened because of that survival instinct that it's exhausting. Um, And even now, 20 years, almost 20 years on, you know, if there's a loud bang, then I will jump, you know, if there's a noise or loud bang, because that is for my automatic nervous system, that is a sign of danger, because that's what woke me up um, from the tsunami was this loud noise, and then drowning. So there are these kind of um, triggers and things that even now today, um, I do can, can have as well. Continuing the conversation on Proverbs after this short break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. 
Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional people. Is that all the, oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm going to steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, Brady PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Terramont Plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I know you've mentioned this before too, and I wondered if you could share your thoughts on this again. You've spoken about the way that trauma can, I guess, eventually present itself through illness if it's harbored and if it's left to fester in the body. What was your experience and how did you begin to work through your own deep-rooted trauma? Yes, yeah, a great question. So there are many books now that are being written about this phenomena, about the mind-body-spirit kind of connection and how if, you know, when we've had impacted trauma and we don't process it or don't heal from it, it can turn into disease. And I definitely think that that's what happened with my own health diagnosis a few years later. And I really had to, when that happened, I really wanted to go into the root cause behind it, right? Not just the physical, but the mental and the emotional roots of those traumas. And I remember a friend asking me, she said, why don't you, why don't you want to have surgery? And I said to her, you know, I feel like I need to have the cancer present with me in order to be able to work with it. Otherwise, what I'm going to do is I'm going to cut it out and I'm going to, you know, get rid of it. And then I'm not going to pay attention to why it showed up in the first place. Mm -hmm. And it was really important for me to think about why it had showed up in the first place and what did I need to do for it to not show up again and to, you know, to heal on an emotional, mental, as well as a physical level. I made a documentary about insomnia a couple of years ago, and it's something that I've struggled with for as long as I can remember. And so we, I guess part of this documentary was learning about the topic and connecting with other people that experienced the same. But it was also about me going on this journey to figure out why I had suffered for at that point, 12, 13 years and where it really came from. And I was so shocked because we did this brain scan. Um, and that was the first time that I really had some sort of understanding of why I had suffered with my sleep for so long. And it, and it was linked back to undiagnosed PTSD and deep rooted trauma that was presenting itself in a very, very physical way and was giving me this inability to sleep for over a decade. And I, I find it so powerful. And I think, as you said, we are sort of learning more and more and more how our, our mind and our bodies are, are so connected. And, and that's why it's so important to, to push and to really tap into that deep rooted trauma because it comes out in in ways that you can never expect. So I, I, I really love that through that experience, through you working on yourself, you were able to identify that and, and spread that message too. How does your outlook on life 
change after being so close to death, Annie? You know, when you see death and you're faced with that death and realising that that's not the end and that we do, you know, there is something after that. Um, obviously, my my outlook on life changed in that I realised that I needed to make, as I said, you know, earlier, that I needed to make the most of my life, make it mean something. And I, f- I felt very uh, guided by this sort of uh, higher purpose and meaning of me surviving, not just this event, but multiple different events in my life had led me to the point of really growing into who I am today. And I wouldn't be able to be as insightful and intuitive and do the work that I do now had I not been through every single one of those challenges, because every single one of those challenges has made me who I am today. So my outlook on life is that life is precious and that we need to seize it and enjoy it and really make the most of our lives because, you know, what I was doing before, coasting, coasting and sort of in this depressive state. And, you know, I was existing. I wasn't truly living. And I think that's what a lot of us do is that we kind of go through the motions of living life. You know, we've got got a job, we've got friends, we go out on the weekend, we see family and, you know, and we're existing, you know, we're going through it. But are we truly, truly living? And when you have to confront death, what you have to do, you know, is you have to make peace with the fact that we are all going to pass and you have to confront that fear of dying in a way because really that fear of dying is holding a lot of people back from truly living. So I think it's really important to understand that those fears that we all have, whether they've come from impacted trauma or whether they've come from other areas, um, our saboteurs or other areas, that's really important for us to kind of acknowledge and to recognize that um, life is precious and we do need to make the most of it. I know we've touched on your experience with survivor's guilt in this episode, and I guess in in some way that's really inspired your mission day to day. Absolutely, yes. So the surviving of the tsunami has is exactly what has created my mission, which is to inspire, motivate and empower over a quarter of a million people to stop just existing and start truly living with purpose and freedom and joy and to impact the lives of over a quarter of a million leaders uh, in a positive way so that they can impact the lives of, you know, their teams and their employees that they have as well. So it's really, really close to my heart, this sort of impacting the lives of over a quarter of a million people to, in everything that I do, uh, you know, I I wake up in the morning and I'm guided by, by that, you know, um, by this kind of overarching mission. And I think, I think some of those elements were coming out during the tsunami as well when I, you know, when I was organising the relief effort and having people airlifted to safety and being the last person on the chopper. So I have this value, I believe, of the greater good and and being there for others. And I think this is very much part of my my character. So it really fits in with me. You know, I, I feel like for every person that I am able to change and have a positive impact on that it's like I'm honoring the person that 
that passed away in the tsunami. So they know that I'm doing it, you know, in their memory kind of thing. It's a real kind of, uh, you know, because obviously that quarter of, over a quarter of a million people is coming from the number of people that didn't make it in the tsunami. It's such, such a beautiful way to look at it. And I always find it so so inspiring when you know people like yourself have been through something truly horrific but they use that experience that trauma as almost I I guess almost a way of therapy in itself but also to go then and help other people I, I, I find it so incredible and I'm I'm such a such a huge supporter of of the work that you do Annie where can we find and follow and support your work so I you can find me on uh, I'm on all over the social media on insta on annie.nakfi but I'm also uh, my website is ultimateresultsgroup.com you can find me as annie nakfi on facebook linkedin and uh, instagram so yeah come and check me out and book a call if you want to as well Annie at the end of most episodes on this podcast I get to ask the question I guess we've already touched on on this a little bit talking about the meaning of life but I want to know what gets you up and going every single morning I think it is this mission that I have Daisy the Mm -hmm. this um this desire to impact the lives of over a quarter of a million people, to have this positive impact in the world, to leave the world a better place than when I arrived, to to just do my own bit in my own way that I can do, to make other people's lives easier, to make them more joyful, to make them more purpose-driven. I think that is, you know, that's what lights me up. That's what kind of gives me my fire in my belly and sort of really motivates me to to confront my own fears and to put myself out there into the arena to you know to raise my profile in order for that message to get out there it's really important for me for people to understand that you know every challenge can be and is an opportunity and a gift for us to grow into and if we can if we can all think that life is happening for us rather than to us and how we can transform whatever challenges everybody is facing in their lives and think about it in the way of, well, what gift am I getting here? What, what strength do I need to develop here? What do, what muscle do I need to grow? You know, thinking like that, um, I think really helps people to overcome the challenges that we all face in our lives Um in various different shapes and forms. Annie, thank you so much for being here and chatting to us on this week's episode. I've loved speaking to you and I wish you all the best as you continue with your mission that is changing the world, truly. You're incredible. Thank you so much, Daisy. And that concludes this episode of Proverbs with Daisy Maskell. That is me. I hope you enjoyed it. Hit subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes and I will see you soon. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.